a great day. Isn't this an awesome day? It is an awesome day. Good Even morning, in spite Rick. of all the challenges, it's an awesome day. <laughs> There's a, there is definitely a few challenges in the, in the world today. Yes, hey, sir. Dr. Chris Allen with my great friend Rick Snyder coming to you on Remnant Revealed. Uh, really excited about today, what we're going to share and talk about. But yeah, I woke up this morning after some events yesterday and some news and things in the news. I woke up this morning thinking about what if there were no police officers anywhere? Yeah. What if there was no line anywhere? Uh, Right now there's, you know, the Bible talks about in Matthew 24, wars and rumors of wars would be um, part of the signs of of the end of the age. And uh, we woke up, of course, uh, yesterday to some invasion activity uh, in our world. Uh, and it made me think about this this nation that's getting invaded. Yeah. Uh, that the families just a day before or a week before, though they heard rumors of it, they're experiencing it today. Yeah. Uh, they're in war. Um, and law enforcement, police officers, peacekeepers, there's no peace there right now. Right. What would our world be like? What would our nation be like? What would your community be like? Because you and I have talked about this. Where even the wicked call nine one one. That's right. Even even the evil doers. We we have there are nine one one tapes of people calling in and saying somebody robbed them from their drug money or took their drugs from. I mean, even the wicked. Um, they call 911 and, and call for a police officer to come and help or a law enforcement officer to come and help. What, what if there was no 911? What if there was no one for you to call? Now, now everybody likes to kind of get on the bandwagon of slapping uh, cops around and their profession around. Uh, why don't you stop and think about what if there was no one to call? Well, you know, we, we're we're coming off of a time uh, where that was a big question that occurred uh, during riots across this country, which was even while protesting the police, let's say the true peaceful protesters, right. even while protesting the police, <clears throat> the police were standing the line to protect them so that they could do that. Right. <laughs> Just think of the dichotomy yeah. of that. Oh yeah. Um, and some, to your point, sometimes that's forgotten. But in the midst of that, we were saying back then, even during the riots, just imagine one day without the police. Because even in the riots, right, right, where things are out of control, there was still some level of certainty or control, right? So you had a riot in a downtown of a major city. Even people on the outside looking in, we're looking at that with the perception of, well, that's there. Thank God it's not here. Right. In a war, in an invasion of your entire country, it's everywhere. And to your point, when that sense of stability, uh, even in the middle of chaos, goes away, evaporates. Right. Uh, it leaves you with a very uncertain feeling, to put it mildly. But um, it actually adds to the sense of terror, the sense of 
um, disillusionment and loss. Um, and, and so we've said that. Just imagine 24 hours without the police. What would happen? Well, I if remember the, when... If, being this, Sorry. if the police are the problem, right? just imagine a 24-hour period. Take them out of the equation. They're your problem. Take them out. Right. What happens? Well, I remember during the riots, there were... You did not know where to drive. Yeah. To, I mean, even if you wanted to avoid the riot situation. If or you, you were, were in that city. If you were in that city, you wanted to avoid any circumstance. You you didn't know where to go. I mean, you tried to rely on the news. You tried to rely on what you could see uh, or hear being reported right. uh, to where to drive to keep from, you know, getting harmed or getting hurt. But man, during a war, nobody's giving you that intel. Nobody's. Well, think about this. You know, uh, we've had the opportunity to help folks in other uh, regions of the country after natural disasters. Right. I think about going to Louisiana after the latest rounds of horrible hurricanes down there, Hurricane Ida. Yeah. And seeing the utter devastation. I thought I knew devastation. I say this all the time. So we're in the Midwest. We're in Tornado Valley. right? Right. And so <clears throat> go down there to help folks and help officers and take them uh, food and supplies and all right. these other things after that hurricane. And I thought, well, you know, I've seen tornadoes and the path of a tornado and all these other things. Right. You know, it's bad, right? And then you got loss of life and everything else. But I get it. And uh, I had my expectations of what it was going to look like <laughs> yeah. and be. Uh, and I got there, and I got to tell you, I was – completely It'll blown blow away your, oh. it's not it's not even in the realm of comprehension you, no you really can't i was there for katrina yeah we were down in louisiana i mean immediately after katrina right bringing water and supplies and food and cleaning supplies and we took down two or three i think it was three tractor and trailer yeah um, but so here's here's the point that devastation is when you get in there you find that these folks have lived a period of time here where they may not have any law enforcement support. Um, although first responders are trying to respond, right. their typical resources, such as communication, fuel, um, equipment, such as cars or trucks, trucks or, whatnot, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and we were watching officers and deputies on four-wheelers, ATVs, side-by-sides, boats. boats, all these other things. Um, you know, we even had where... Uh, we had uh, food that was being prepared and delivered to officers who were standing the a post, literally on an island, <laughs> and <laughs> and and their post was to stay there, not yeah. to come in, but to stay there twenty four hours. And people were bringing them three meals a day while they stood that post. The, the my point being is, even in the middle of all that, you still had some semblance of law and order, even in that chaos. Right. With this, you've got none. You know, when when cities or countries fall um, and there are no police, you get a good sense for that. So that's why we always say, just imagine a 24-hour period without that. Here's my point, is you see the inherent human factor that's involved. That's right. Right? So if humans are inherently good by nature, which you'll have some people tell you, uh, I think I'm going to go to heaven because I'm, I'm, I'm really a good person. Right? Right. Uh, it, it it sets aside the whole issue of, no, you're inherently a flawed, sinful person. That's right. And if you need proof of that, take a 24-hour period and remove police from any community and let me know what it devolves into. Well, I can tell you, during Katrina, 
they warned us vehemently uh, within the next day, two days later, uh, bring what you can, but please understand when you come, make sure that you are protecting yourself. Oh, yeah. Do not. I, I remember the, the police officers and the military saying, do not obey traffic laws. Do not obey stop signs. Do not obey traffic lights. If you're bringing that amount of supplies, you, you do your best, roll through. Now, normally they wouldn't be saying that, right? But people were cutting the doors open on tractor and trailers. Yeah, while you're stopped. While you're stopped or even slow rolling through and opening up and pitching stuff out to people. Yeah. And by the time you got to the end of town, you didn't have anything left to take anybody because it was gone. So let's just apply that for a second. So you're a good person. You're going down there to do a good thing. Your heart's in the right place, right? Right. right. And because of other evil, you were told what? Don't follow some of the rules. That's right. Right? Yeah. And did that make you a bad person? No. No. But it did show you that inherently you had to do things in violation of established rules just to survive. That's exactly right. Well, that's what happens in these war zones, right? You'll have folks that will have to do things that they normally wouldn't do just to survive. Just to make it right? through it. And you'll also hear some folks in communities say that. But communities of poverty and right. uh, have never known crime or they're living in a crime-ridden um, life. Um, you'll hear people say, I got to do some things just to survive. It's not arguing wrong or right in that. It's just pointing out the fact um, that inherently evil is interwoven throughout this world um, in the heart of man. It's, it's, it's our fellow man um, yeah. that are committing heinous acts. Even in a war, you have a leader that is directing those actions, right, um, and doing bad things. And then you have people that are having to respond to that and do things that they normally wouldn't do. And a leader can make those decisions – and care nothing about the life of the people that are going to be devastated or killed. That's not the focus, right? No. That's not the focus. And so it just, but to your point, you said in this book, the Bible, in a, a book of the Bible and in a specific chapter, even the Lord, the creator of all things said what? That in, in the end of the age, there will be wars and rumors of That's wars. That's right. And the one thing I'd like to point out in that, that gives you a little bit of hope, is he didn't say in the end of time. Right. He said in the end of this age. That's right. Right? Yep. Which tells me that there might be another age after that. Oh, there's another age. Which means Hallelujah. That, <laughs> that's right. Which means that <laughs> uh, gives you hope. The great hope is is that yep. we are all eternal beings. Yes, we are. All of us. Every one of us. Um, Nobody can escape that. But you know, you have folks that say what? Well, I just believe that when I die, everything just stops and it's over and that's the end yeah. of it, right? Yeah. No, we're all eternal beings. And so that then puts you into a whole different mindset of thinking about that. If I'm here forever, right. um, I probably ought to think about some of these things. But where people get bogged down, I think, my friend, is that they say, well, if we're if we follow the words and believe in the one who created us, our creator who is a, a, a God of love, uh, why do all these bad things exist in this world? 
the bad things exist in this world because we have a fallen world. Right. Of and, man. Of man. Mm-hmm. And man caused the fall of this world by yielding to Satan in the Garden of Eden, the evil one. So you're saying when man um, knowingly, intentionally, recklessly um, submits their will, uh, they're they're willing to do something evil, um, that's not forced upon them. They did that. That's exactly right. That's right. They yielded to that desire. Now you have you have the desires of the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, the Bible used the word lust, right. also desire, interchangeable. Right. The desires of the flesh, which is what makes me feel good, right? What's the favorite phrase people use? What's in it for me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Normally that's the desire of your flesh. Mm-hmm. The, the clothes you wear. Um, what makes your flesh nature feel good? Um, you like to wear your beard trimmed short. You like to wear it long. You uh, you like to drink certain kinds of uh, pop, you know, Coca-Cola. I like Coca-Cola. You like Pepsi. Desire of the flesh. Do you have to drink that to survive? No, but you like to drink mm-hmm. it. You like sugar. You Some people like chocolate. Some people like uh, just they like cake. Some people like pie. Oh, man. And, you know, you pat your stuff. Oh, my gosh, I, I ate too much. Some people like barbecue. Some What is that? Lust of the flesh. You like that. You desire that. You want that. Um, uh, perversion comes from the lust of the flesh, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, pornography. All these things are used by the world. By the world. To entice right. your flesh. Right. What does a skinnily clad... Uh, person have to do easy, easy. <laughs> what, what do they have to do with uh, with with me buying a boat or buying a car? Or, That's exactly right. And they're laid on. I mean, how many cars do you see driving around your neighborhood with a scantily clad woman laying on the windshield and the hood? None. I mean, that's against the law too, right? But it's appealing to that human nature. It's appealing to the human nature. What does a what what does a man uh, with no shirt on and in tight shorts have to do with uh, with a calendar? Hey, don't pick on our firefighters. And, well, that's good. Right, I was going right. to go there, but okay, we'll leave them alone. Right. But what does that have to do with that? Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the lust of the flesh. If you buy one of those, you're not buying it so you can tell what day of the week you're on. You're buying it to look at flesh. Mm-hmm. Flesh, the lust of the flesh. Then you have the lust of the eyes, what you see, what what you'd like to have. Uh, even in what we're coveting. talking about, mm-hmm. coveting coveting a whole nation. Territory. Yeah. Territory. Resources. That's right. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want my nation to have that. So. I'm bigger than you. I'm going to take it from you. Yep. I'm taking you. Well, so, here, here I think <clears throat> is the is the great point, right? Is that when you drive God out of the equation, when you drive this book out of the equation, you devolve into a society or a world that really is controlled not by uh, uh, this, the the um, a, a righteous realm, but who has the biggest stick. There you go. Right? Yeah. And um, 
that's going to determine who controls and who wins and all those other things. It's called the pride of life. But I think this is the three elements that Adam mm-hmm. and Eve fail in the garden. Those three elements, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Mm-hmm. And the pride of life says, if you remember what Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis, he said, you'll become like God. You'll know both good and evil. Evil. Before that time, Adam and Eve only knew good. Mm-hmm. Good was only relevant to their life. They didn't need to know evil. God didn't have them know evil. They knew good. Now imagine a world where there's only good. So when we point a finger at God or we stand and say, because bad things happen to people, mm-hmm. uh, people invoked their pride of life clause and chose, that be two, Adam and Eve, and chose evil to know evil. They wanted to have a relationship with evil. So that's what put us into the position we're in now where evil is is prevalent on this planet, only stopped and pushed back by those who stand for good because the majority of humans on the planet believe that good should always triumph over evil. Now, no one on this planet is good. They know good. I'm going to say that that again. Nobody on this planet is good. Not you? Not me. Not me? No. Nobody. That's why we need forgiveness. Yeah. That's why Jesus came in the form of man. God in the form of man was to show you what it takes to be good. Mm-hmm. You can know good, you can do good, but you're not totally good. You can claim good. You can claim good. Mm-hmm. So bad things happen on this planet, and evil encroaches on the space of good, not because people are good and deserve anything. We all deserve death. That's why we all die. And death is spiritual separation from God. Thank you. Two deaths, one natural death. That's right. That that came in, that clause was invoked by Satan over man because man chose to know evil. That's a physical death. The fullness of evil is mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. When death comes for you, it comes for you because you have earned death. The wages of sin is death. Sin earns death. That's the paycheck. Oh, yay. Hey, here's your paycheck at the end of your day. Here's what you get. Yeah. You get to die. All right. Well, I used to live 900,000. Right. Uh, yeah, but now it's like... 75 to 80. (laughs) That's your paycheck. The second death is separation from God for eternity. Because we're all eternal beings. Because we're all eternal beings. Now, the the only way to circumvent that is through Jesus Christ and what he has done for us because he, he received a paycheck of death illegally. Mm -hmm. And that gets revoked because he knew no sin, therefore he didn't deserve to receive that paycheck right. of death. So 
when you go down to when people ask that question again, I think we talked a little bit about this on another program. When when people ask that question, why do bad things happen to good people? Uh, you're not asking the right question. Who's good? Yeah. Who's who's perfect? Well, and it also gets into the question of. Like I was saying before, when somebody says, well, I'm inherently a good person for the most yeah, part. Inherently. Then, yeah, yeah, for right, the most right? part. That's all so, But in that, you you come to realize that, well, you're not really being fully forthright and truthful there. That's exactly. Which then, so you just failed. Which then leads into the question, well, what is truth? Yeah. And I think that's the part where this guy talking in Matthew, telling us these things, then over here in the book of John, really tells us that we're not going to be in a world without trouble. No, right? you're no, you're evil. We we man. Of course, everybody wants to be in control. Okay, when you were in control, man was in control, and look what he screwed us into. Mm-hmm. I mean, just really put mm-hmm. it, just really threw us right in mm-hmm. to what to good and evil. So, right now we have good. Do we have good in this world? Mm-hmm. Yeah, acts of goodness, kindness. Those things, yeah. What about evil? Do we have evil? That's right. So so when you talk about the continual battle in our nation, in our communities, in our homes, in our marriages, uh, with our children, in, the, in the, the state, in legislation, in the Capitol buildings, in the nation, around the world, it's always an issue of good battling evil. That's right. And, and, and it'll be that way. And thank God we have men and women who hear the call of God in their heart and decide to represent good and and work daily in a career, a calling, but a career because they retire at some point, um, to thwart or to do what they can to hold evil back. Um, that's from, that line. That's that line. Now, they're the line between good and evil. So sometimes where officers struggle is they say, well, I also know I'm a flawed being, right? I'm, right. Uh, you know, I might not be out here committing crimes and things such as that, but I'm falling short of being able for you to call me right. good, right? Well, you're the line between good and evil. How do you That's stand right. on that line and stay on the right side of that line, right? Right. Um, but back to your original question, what happens when the line goes away? the ones who are standing on that line what happens if they go away so do you so do you think that evil says oh well gosh there's nobody here to <laughs> yeah. stand for good well right. listen guys don't pick on good don't right. don't pick on the not good today, too much. not just today not today yeah. hey listen they're they're a little weak right now this thing is kind of i mean we're we're going to take unfair advantage right well does it ever strike you that evil first attacks those who are weak, children, and elderly. Yep. You, you talk to any police officer, and you ask them uh, what really touches them very quickly. Yeah, crimes it, against hey, children hey, and it's, the elderly. It's not, it's not the 35-year-old right. bruiser that it just took five cops to pull down and put cuffs on at the bar because he was drunk right. or high or anything. I'm going to tell you, it's the children and it's the elderly. And it's always this phrase, because they can't defend themselves. That's right. Evil will never say, 
Oh, bless their hearts. This is horrible. I shouldn't do this. Right. I shouldn't steal that lady's purse. I shouldn't knock her down when I do it. I shouldn't hit that older gentleman over the head. I shouldn't punch him and then take his wallet. I shouldn't carjack. It's cold outside. They need that car. It's a mother. She's a single mom with two children in the back. I shouldn't do that. She's got bills to pay. She probably can't afford to fix this car if I steal it. They don't think about that. They think about encroaching against good. They plan. They they devise. They think about it. They go after for survival themselves. Evil will always encroach or push against the line of good. Evil will always follow the path of least Least resistance. resistance. Always. Right? Always, always. Which is why... If the line's gone... Which is why we always talk about in law enforcement, why you need to have strong support for law enforcement in what they do, making sure they're properly equipped, trained, um, have the skills, abilities, and knowledge to be able to do the job effectively and efficiently, and have a strong line. People understand boundaries. If people say, well, I don't believe in boundaries, take your alarm system off your house. Take your doors off your house. Take the fence off around from your property. Hey, tell your boss that and don't have an alarm clock. Just tell him you'll get there when you feel like it. Why does every car, when you start it in this modern day and put it in drive, what's the first thing it does when you put it in drive? Locks all the doors. Why? Because we believe in having (laughs) strong boundaries. That's right. Right? So. Life isn't any different. How do you strengthen your boundary as an individual from evil, evil in this world? Now, what some people say is, well, I want to believe or I want to imagine a world where there is no war. I want to imagine a world where there is no evil. You could almost write a song called. Well, you could. And I would like to have puppies and polka dots every day. Uh, but here's here's the point. It's not going to happen. The the God of love, um, and meaning Jesus the Christ, he didn't tell everybody while he was here. Hey, there's a way for this world to just have no evil in it. In fact, he said the opposite. Right. Right. Let's talk about that. He said, here. "In this world, you're going to have trouble." Right. One of the verses we're about to about to to read uh, talks about the. I mean, he said verbatim, "You're going to have, you're going to have evil." Uh, there's coming a day, everybody has to, as, as some people say, pay the piper, or everybody has to give an account. Mm-hmm. Every person, every person that you've ever arrested, or that ever needed to be arrested and got away or every person that ever committed a crime and they died without uh, giving any account for that crime on this planet, everyone is going to give a full account for every deed and every word that has ever come from their life. Let that sit on you for a minute. That's right. Jesus, this is Jesus talking in the 18th chapter of John, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John start out the New Testament. And and this is what Jesus says. Are we in 18 or 17? We're in, we're in I'm sorry, chapter 17. Thank right, you. Gotcha. I do that sometime. Whenever. Verse. But I took my glasses off. See, they, everybody watching will understand. 
I took my glasses off. I'm wearing these glasses. Now, just listen to me for a minute. I've got mine on. I know. But you have, I should probably borrow yours because those are readers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I have to have glasses to see. Normally, I have bifocals at the bottom of them. But these glasses I have, I did not get them with bifocals at the bottom. And so I have to take them off. Well, when I take them off until I do the trombone, I still can't So see. John 17, you said. John 17, yeah. <laughs> Just go there. Yeah, see, that's that high D thing again. Jesus said, uh, I'm going to start in verse 13. And now come I to you. He's praying. He's talking to the Father. And these things I speak in the world that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves, or you could say in their own heart. I have given them thy word. Now, now, key in on this. Jesus is praying to the Father, but he's telling him what he's done. Now, this is key about prayer. And I'll get to this other part in just a second. Even though God knows everything, even his own son still talked to him about what he knew that the Father had said. So the same people who say I'm inherently good and or I believe when I die it's just done right. and all this, they're also the same ones that are critical and say things like that. Right. If God knows all things, why do you pray to God and tell him things that he already knows? Because he likes to hear you say it. And we know that because he tells us in his word. To pray. That's right. That's right. right. That's right. And here he is, the son of God, God in the flesh, talking to the Father. So he says, I've given them thy word, and the world has hated them. Do any cops out there feel hated right now? <laughs> That'd be an understatement, wouldn't it? Because they are not of the world. When God calls you, he calls you out from, quote unquote, the world or the world system or the world way of talking. Set you apart. Set you apart. Even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world. In other words, if you're a copper right now and you're thinking, boy, wouldn't it be nice if all <laughs> evil stopped? And I, Well, you'd be out of a job, number one. Number two, uh, that's not God's not going to take you out of the world. He has you there to do this job to protect the rest of us. The American, Thank God. The American law enforcement officer fights the battle that will never be won in their own stead. That's exactly right. And so for every officer out there, especially younger, newer officers that hit that point of disillusionment, that, hey, I, I thought I got into this work because I was going to save the world. And then you realize you're not going to, you, you can't even save the day in your own community. kind of like preachers, right? right? Or you see people tragically lose their lives, or maybe even in a critical incident that you're working within and trying to prevent harm or the loss of life, life is still lost, you then say, but I, I, I'm doing this, I'm fighting this battle to have kept that from happening. The point is, once you understand and get into the to your being that you're fighting a battle that's never going to be won in your own stead, you are, you are simply holding the line between good and evil, that's making right. it more resistant to the evil one, go. right? God, the, the the creator of the world here, is telling you, uh, I'm leaving you in that world. That's right. 
I'm not taking away all the disaster, all the evil, all the challenges. You're going to be in this world of evil. Yeah. And in that, I'm setting you apart with a specific call on your <clears throat> life to hold the line. Because holding the line overall prevents evil from encroaching continuously That's right. past a level that cannot be sustained. Right. So... Uh, every we inherently officer, understand that in any community. Absolutely. Right? And every officer needs to understand deeply within their heart, you're doing your part. That's right. Just don't stop doing your part. So take it back to what we started with. You have this real world example of a country invading another country right now. The line goes away. It's overwhelmed to where you can't sustain <clears throat> it anymore. It devolves into a worn war-torn nation, nation. Um, and and then you get this firsthand view of what does it look like when you don't have anybody standing that line anymore. Yeah, so what goes up? Rapes go up. It's absolutely a statistical understanding that when another nation gets invaded by another nation, so help us God except for the protection of the Holy Spirit helping people know how to get away, rapes go up. Those soldiers that invade, uh, they're away from home. They don't have a, their wife or husband with them. Uh, they get, they start doing things they shouldn't do. Who's going to ever know? Uh, thefts go up. Now, in war, they say it's not stealing because uh, we're we're taking over this country. No, you're stealing the country. You're you're taking stuff that doesn't belong to you. Crime goes up. Crime goes go up. up. Disease Accidents, goes up. Everything. Why? Goes up. Because that resistance is taken away. It's Just gone. like if the resistance is removed from your human body, <clears throat> that, you're immune you. deficient. Yep. You have no immune. Now, I'm happens? a cancer survivor. Right. Right. So the big struggle and concern is uh, where you're a can- where you're fighting cancer. Is not just that the cancer's in your body invading, but it's that your immune system becomes so suppressed that it can no longer resist cancer cells. Cancer is in everybody's body. Mm-hmm. There's no human without cancer cells in there. Mm-hmm. It's that your immune system keeps it abated or keeps it put down. It's just holding or suppressed. Thank you. But once you remove <clears throat> that, it gets overwhelmed. It can't sustain that can't defense do it. That's anymore. Right. And then it collapses then it collapses so when when jesus is talking to his to to the father about his men he says i'm not trying to take them out of the world the 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 world is not gonna you know i'm sure that police officers would like for the world to be at total peace that'd be great but that's not gonna happen or you will not be needed you're needed and you're on that line because there is evil in the world, and it has an intention to overwhelm good every day if it can. You, man, thank God, you help prevent that. That's right. Man, so don't ever feel bad or feel like you're not accomplishing what you were called to do. Because if you help one, you've done your job. If you prevent one, anything, you've done your job. Now, you're going to do that for years. You're going to do that day by day. But if you just prevent one, hallelujah, sorry, you, I'm not sorry, praise God, you've done your job. Mm-hmm. You, you and should, that one needed you in that Oh, moment. my gosh. That's right. That great feeling of accomplishment, 
I mean, man, please That's let where it overwhelm your heart. Get sideways is they focus on the ones they lost. And That's right. And even the ones that are lost, I have to believe if they could tell you, would tell you to be focusing on all those that you've saved, that you've helped, that That's you've exactly kept right. from, from evil. Yep. Right? And also, really, the message that you're sending to the evil one. You know, we're hearing these stories now coming out of this real-time situation of of citizens and military folks standing the line for themselves, even in the face of death, even being slaughtered when it occurs, but the, their, their resolve and their resilience to not back down, <clears throat> to not right. run away, to not allow that line to collapse by their own volition, right? Yep. Um, the human nature responds to that. Oh, yeah. Americans respond to that. That's what we were birthed out of, right? right? And um, there's just why. That's that's what I always ask. Why? Where does all that come from? Why does the human nature, the human heart, respond to that? It's because throughout the history of man, that seed's been planted in us. You were created. And this word tells you that. To respond to good. That's right. That's right. Totally created to respond to good. That's awesome, man. So he says, um, I've given them thy word. The world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. They are not of the world. Now, he's talking about his disciples. He's talking about men. I want you to listen to that very carefully because I don't want to make or misrepresent the gospel or Jesus or this book. Um, If you don't believe in him and walk with him, you don't get these statements and the clause changes. Right. Um. But if you walk with him, if you'll accept that, that you are of him, and you answer the call, not only the call to do the job, but the call of God on your heart, right? then there's a part of this that he is asking the Father to protect them, meaning his men, from evil. Even in the middle of evil. Even in the middle of to evil. To insulate you from he, that. He didn't say, get out... He didn't say, I'm going to take you out of it. He, he said, didn't say, wipe evil away right now. Insulate you in the middle of That's it. That's right. I'm going to insulate you in the middle of it. I'm going to protect you in the middle of it. Yeah. I'm going to watch over you. Now, everybody knows, as as every general calculates, every president or leader of a country calculates, there is, there's loss in war. Mm-hmm. We are in war. We're in a war against good and evil. You're in a war in your own mind and your own body all the time against good and evil. That's right. We're in a war planet where literally everything is fighting to survive, including man. Hmm. And in that war, you're going to have some loss. Not total loss. We experience that with our fellow officers. That's right. right. You experience that with men and women who stand for good, we don't know. I've helped bury them. You don't know why. You hate that it happens. Yeah. You grieve. It's so sorrowful. It's so painful. 
However, in every warfare, there, there, there's loss. And we're in a war. And the war is evil, hates good, comes after good, intends to wipe out good, not just to uh, give a little, uh, get a little. Uh, no, oh, no. No, if there's a if there's a suppression of of who stands that line, evil's not going to hold off. Mm-hmm. It's coming. There are no rules. There's no referees like the Super Bowl. There's well, did he touch the? Well, we can't do anything till the ref blows his whistle. Oh no, my friend, mm-hmm. they're going to grab the ball and they're running with it, and they don't ever want to give it back. Right. However, Jesus absolutely loves you. He is he is standing before the Father. The Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father, advocating, advocating. For you. I mean, at I mean, talking to the Father on your behalf. Mm-hmm. And he's I can hear him saying this. Hey, boy, stand that line. Hey, daughter. Hey, girl, stand that line. Mm-hmm. I know some of you have fallen, but not all of you have. And the ones that haven't, you stand that line. Put you there for a reason. That's right. You stay out of evil. You understand you're at the separation point. I've got you there. I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to help you. Stand that line. I'm never going to give this planet over to the devil. Evil will never win this entire planet. And really, it will not until happen. I come back, yep. I put you there to, it, again, remember what we said. You're ne- it's a battle you'll never win in your own stead. That's right. And for those listening, those who may hear our voice around the world or in other nations or somehow find out about this and watch this because internet's all over the place, man, we're, we're praying for you. Uh, I'm telling you. Advocating Advocating for you. For you. Just like Jesus prays here to the Father, right. he's given us a right to also pray to the Father on your behalf. For those of you who are on that line across this great nation or around the world, we want you to know keep standing that line. We absolutely love you. God loves you. We're standing for you. We're praying for you. We're, we're believing in you to stand this line. Well, and, and because of this, it's the last line of this section here. It's a, what does he yeah. insulate you in? So in the middle of the evil... <clears throat> He puts his body armor on you, or if you're a firefighter, he puts that fire-resistant suit on That's you. Right. Or if you're that uh, medical professional, he puts that PPE equipment on you. He insulates you in what? What does he say that he that he sanctifies you in? Yeah, that word sanctify means sets you aside for a holy purpose. What you're doing, it now, what I do. People say, oh, well, you're a holy man. Well, what I do is holy, but I have to go before God. He set me aside to do what I do as a man of God, as a pastor, as a preacher. But he also set you aside. That's right. He calls what you do holy, upholding the law. Now, you can feel like you're not holy. You can say, yeah, but I missed the mark. That does not take away from the intent of God and what he called you to do. So can I read it? Yeah. I can't wait any longer. Yeah. What he insulates you in is in verse 17. And he says, sanctify them in 
the truth. That's right. In thy truth. And then he said, and then, so the cop says, well, what is truth? Well, he answers it right in the mm-hmm. second half of that verse. He says, your word, your word is, is truth. truth. Woo. That's right, right here. That's why we call this the owner's manual. That's right. The instruction book of life. That's right. It's truth, his truth for your life. And he's saying, God, I want to insulate these officers that are standing in the line in your truth. Yeah. What is what is a person that you pull over? Uh, what are they gonna What are they gonna ask you for? What are, What's on a ticket or what's on what that city or that municipality or the state or what what they say truth is, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're going to go to court, or you're going to have to go to court as an officer to swear to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help you God, you're going to make a declaration of that truth, that person that's being shown to violate the truth of that law is what's written down. Well, and You don't get to make that up while you're standing there out on the street somewhere and go, oh, I got a truth. Um, this time, yeah. uh, this time uh, I'm going to do something different for breaking and entering than what we said last time. Well, did, wait a minute. You, last time you arrested me, you said uh, you had to do such a. Oh well, that was last time. We're gonna we're gonna make it up new this time. Right. No, there's a written code. Right. There is a there's a written book of what you have to do to uphold. What do you uphold? The truth. The truth. That's right. So this is the truth. That's he why, gives it to us to uphold it. That's why the enemy, the evil one, that's right. Satan is called the deceiver. Yeah. Right? It's and the, the father of all lies. Yep. That's right. The opposite of truth. That's right. That's why this is so important. It that's is. That's why we talk about a biblical perspective on policing and life um, is because it's upholding the truth and being insulated in that. And that's why it's so important that our officers, not just officers, but anybody watching this, gets into this book because this is where they're going to find truth. They're not going to find it on their phone they're not going to find it on their social media platform right right? on the tv news tonight they're not right and everybody says that that's right but they that's the first thing they run to think about this conflict world uh world conflict here and what did everybody immediately go to that 24-hour news outlet to find out what the facts are right and in that the news even tells you remember the first reports are always wrong right that's Right? right That's I right. just wonder in the middle of that how many people went to this book to the truth. first. I saw some pictures of some people who were praying. Yeah, I saw had, that too. Did you see that and had crosses in their hands yep. to their forehead and and really just crying out to God. I saw on CNN they had a clip of uh, uh, a reporter doing a live shot and then stopped because there was people that encircled stood in a circle, got down on their knees, and when they were praying, praying to God, in the middle of this evil. Mm-hmm. So think about that. That's yeah. that's why we say no Woo. atheists in foxholes, um, is because in the middle of that evil, you'll call out. Oh, you're going to call out. You're going to call out. Mm-hmm. When you got no other options, there's a great example. They couldn't defend themselves. They didn't have anybody standing in line for them. No military, no police, no nothing. That's nothing right. standing between them and the evil. What did they do? They fell to their knees and called out to called God, out to God for help. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. That's good stuff. And you know, and, and what's awesome about that is we're able to smile. We're able to 
I know anybody watching this and listening to what we were just saying felt that, yeah. right? That's oh, not yeah. us. That is, that's, that's, that's the, the presence that, of God. That is right. Yeah. It, he will the, always put his stamp of approval. That's right. On truth. And that's it's what judges represent in the middle of all this evil in the world. You that's can right. still find hope. You can still find joy. You can still find, um, well, well, contentment. That's, so if we back up yeah. to where we started, if you remember in verse 13, he says, yeah. but the son of, uh, sorry, where am I at? Verse 13, got my glasses off again, um, that they might have my joy fulfilled, fulfilled. in them That's or right. in themselves. That's right. In the mid, and again, he said, we'll leave them in the world. I'm not taking them out of evil, but they're going to have my joy fulfilled in them. So you can still find joy. God's got it. He's going to work it out. Yeah. Um, he's going to, he is always going to have the last word. That's right. Absolutely. The reason why Woo. I keep going to that phone is because I'm looking at our time. We're coming up on the end of it. But yeah. what, what, uh, what do you think is the key takeaway from all of this, given the real-time issues that are going on? Yeah. And again, uh, an act of war is really just a, ultimate an ultimate symbol of the failures of society right and that's yeah. what i always say about crime in our communities crime in our communities is a reflection of the community and the failures of policies and provisions within that community it's not your police that are standing the line that's right it's the failures of political decision makers it's uh, why those police have to stand that line that's correct that's correct that's the failure it's it's sin it's darkness it's ultimately it's an issue of, again, good versus evil. It's the cowboy with the white hat versus the cowboy with the black hat. It's, but it's the issue that if you remove what yeah. you're claiming is the problem, the problems don't improve. That tells you. Yeah. If you take light out of the room, it. it goes dark. That's it. And and it goes dark everywhere in the room. It will do its best. It'll overwhelm. Overwhelm. That's right. But it's just... It's just the absence of light. That's it. Once you interject light, then the light pushes darkness out of the room instantly. So uh, I think the the thing that I would leave us with today is those of you who are standing on that line and doing that day by day and every day, yeah. um, th there's two parts. One part is it's kind of like the good, hey, I got some good news, got some bad news for you. It's like the guy went to the doctor and he said, well, Doc, what's the good news? He said, well, you had 24 hours to live. He looked at me and said, well, well, Doc, what's the bad news? He said, I should have told you that yesterday. <laughs> right? That's right. So the, the bad news here is evil's not going to go away anytime soon. Every, But that's why you're called and that's why we need you on that line. The other good news is, is that you stand for good, and the more we push against that evil, the more we keep it from doing its best and making a plan to overwhelm our city, our streets, our neighborhoods, our schools. Um, you keep doing what you're doing. You are making a difference no matter how you feel at this moment. You could have just got off of your shift right now, and maybe somebody 
that you thought was going to do really well and you had given them a second chance, oh, they blew it. Uh, and, and your mind or your thought is to say, man, this world's going to hell in the handbags. It ain't mm-hmm. worth two. I don't even know why I do this job. It's ridiculous. We're not making a difference. Oh, no. I'm telling you right now, emphatically, you're making a great difference being on the line. Don't stop being on the line. Well, and if you feel like the officer I was talking about in Louisiana out there on that island by himself right. standing in the post, yeah. here is the good news. You are not alone in You're doing not it. alone. That's no. the good news. You're not alone. Thank God. Just keep for touching that. one life at a time. I would just plead with every officer. Just keep touching one life at a time. You're making a difference, and we're grateful for it, and we love you for it. That's and right. don't ever stop. That's right. Amen. Father, thank you. We ask that you would bless every officer. Every person, every member of the court, every person that handles the law, we ask you, Lord, that you would touch all of our LEOs across our nation and strengthen their heart to know and to feel their love, that they are loved. And we thank you for them. We ask you, Lord, that you would empower them continuously to stand on this line and to push back in their heart to say, I am making a difference daily. Look in the mirror, in the rear view mirror of that car or in their their mirror when they stand up to brush their teeth before going to work and let them look at themselves and say, I am making a difference for good. Bless them now. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend. God is good. It's always, always a pleasure. Hey, don't forget, hit that bell. It's good stuff. It's good stuff.